Hello everybody, I'm Matt Makutsi and you are listening to the Jazz Ace Podcast. Hello everybody, Jazz is online editor Matt Mikucci here, welcoming you to a new episode of our podcast series of conversations with some of the most amazing artists on the jazz and creative music scene today. A series that we simply like to call the Jazz Is Podcast. And is brought to you in conjunction with Jazz Is Vinyl Club. A series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Is editors and that is an absolute must for lovers of jazz and vinyl alike. Our special guest today is Brazilian-born pianist, keyboardist and composer Adolfo Mendonça. We're going to dive deep into the musical tapestry of his debut album, Brazilian Childhood, a collection of resounding originals and covers that embody an ambitious and visionary concept. He also shares insights into his collaborations with special guests and musicians hailing from five different continents and its unique blend of jazz, improvisation, electronic instruments and the rich influence of Brazilian music, American jazz and rock. Beyond the new album, we'll explore the mind of the artist himself, and since he currently serves as the director of jazz studies at the University of Minnesota Morris, we'll tap into his thoughts on the role of music and jazz education in the year 2024. So fire up on Audiotini and listen to the audio waves as they fly through the air. This is the Jazz Is Podcast. Hello, Adolfo. Welcome to the Jazz Ace Podcast. Thank you so much. Happy to be here. The way we like to start these podcasts here at the Jazz Ace Podcast is I like to begin my conversation with artists by starting off with a simple icebreaker question, and that is to share a memory with me from early life or childhood of a moment that when they think back to it, they realize maybe that's when they awakened to the beauty and power of music. And also maybe it's one of those things that, you know, you think back to it and you're like, Maybe that's when I also started thinking that I'd like to become a musician when I grow up. So do you have one such memory that you could share with us at this time? The way I started to play was, it's not a very inspiring history. I I was just a kid who wanted to do extracurricular activities and keyboards and keyboard instruments were very popular at that time, early 90s. And I just wanted to do something. But starting at some point after a few years, I, I had the opportunity to really start playing the piano. At that time, I noted that I liked it more to improvise than to play music the way it was notated. So I started having a feeling that anything that allowed me to have creative freedom was more fulfilling fulfilling for me than than just playing music notation. And I started understanding that I wanted to be doing something that was creative in music. And at the same point, I started feeling so happy with music that I wanted to spend most of my life doing that. Uh, so do you mean when you talk about wanting to be more free in playing music, 
and longing for that freedom, are you referring to a discovery of, of jazz in particular? Because, you know, jazz, I feel, is the genre that allows people to be more, to, to be more explorative, but also in the moment. In the beginning, no. I just wanted to compose music and to improvise in any setting. It was only later, yes, I, I started learning jazz at that point. Like in my teenage years, I was already learning to play jazz. But it was only in 2015, when I was 32 years old, that I had the opportunity to come to New York from Brazil uh, for a week. And I had the opportunity to watch the local musicians playing. And that was absolutely fantastic, but also terrifying because their level of skill was amazing. It was something that I, I think it was not achievable. At the same time, I was terrified because I was in my 30s. I was a, have been a professional musician and a, an instructor for a long time. And I noticed that I was not at that level that I, I couldn't do or even understand that. So at that point, I started spending a lot of time uh, dedicated to improve my playing of jazz. Well, let me bring the new album of yours, Brazilian Childhood, into the picture because, you know, I'm inspired to ask you this question and I'm, I'm curious to know as well. Uh, so when you think back to your childhood, uh, was there a lot of music around you? What kind of music would have filled your ears in your early days? Before I was, I started playing an instrument, there was no music at all, like... I lived with my mom and she enjoyed music, of course, Brazilian music, especially Bossa Nova, but we wouldn't be playing a lot of music at home. So really my start was something that caught everyone by surprise. Uh, but I would say that the main reason why the album is called Brazilian Childhood is because it, it the the main tune Brazilian childhood it tries to tries to reflect the experience of living a childhood two times in our lives. So it's the idea that uh, we start our lives as a child, then we lose our childhood when we become adults, and then when we become parents and we have kids, we have the opportunity to revive that childhood experience when we play with our kids. So it's it's the feeling that you lost something and then you regain something again in the end. How do you aim to represent that with music? I'm thinking as well, having listened to your album, because it's, it sounds like there's so many different elements, different traditions, different sounds. The sounds of the album itself is very rich. So how did you envision... Uh, representing this concept musically? This is a very good question. The The main tune is the one where I focus that the most. I I do that by using kind of sketch singing. There is no lyrics. I mean, these are not the guys singing in Portuguese. It, it's There is no words. There is no words. I try to imitate how a baby speaks in the moment that they, they cannot even say words, okay? Then the tune starts getting more aggressive 
and this represents the feeling of the childhood being gone and people having to take care of responsibilities of adult life and losing some magic in life at this point. And then later, we have a little re-chaptering re, re of the melody in the beginning, but over different chords, it's a different structure. I use just the main motif, that is, to the da da but then the melody gets a new face. It goes towards another place, but it feels more joyful because this represents the time where people have the kids and they have the experience of rejoining the childhood. So the idea is not the childhood of a kid. It's an adult enjoying the feeling of childhood in their later life. In the other tunes, like Ponta da Praia, Ponta da Praia is the neighborhood where I grown up as a kid. And after I moved from Ponta da Praia neighborhood, I always enjoy it to go there. Uh, there is a very strong smell in the sea because there is too many fishes. And most of people hate to feel that. But, uh, but I love when I go there. I, I find it very unique. It's... You drive very close to the sea, very, very close to the sea. The other one is Alto da Serra. Alto da Serra is a place in Serra Negra, Brazil, a touristic city where I had the opportunity to take my cities a few times and it has the most fantastic sunset ever. So it's an experience with the kids. And Iowa winter sky, this one is a little bit different. It's, it just reflects the moment in my life that I wear when I was recording the album. I was living in Iowa. And one of the most inspiring things in Iowa, I have to tell you, there is not a lot of exciting things to do in Iowa, but one of the most inspiring things in Iowa was the sunset in the winter. It was an early sunset that took hours. And there was a, a very impressive blend of colors in the sky that I had never seen in my life. And I wanted to try to reflect that feeling. In looking at the track list, you know, a lot of what you talked about are originals, but then you also have material that sort of reflects the, the Brazilian side of the theme as well uh, with Gingy and Desafinado. But maybe the most surprising of these tracks is In Bloom, uh, you know, a song by Nirvana, but here it's your take on it on it so what was the idea behind uh, you know including this track in brazilian childhood the reason why those are there it's it's because i have been a rock musician for many years before migrating to jazz it was a slow migration but i have been spent a lot of i uh, have spent a lot of time playing both uh, rock music and jazz so i wanted to represent that that side of me and there was also a point that I also wanted to to showcase my interest and skills with keyboards. And I use it in Bloom to do that. One thing I wanted to do is I, I noticed that typically when American jazz arrangers, not all the time, but most of the time, they try to arrange a rock tune or a pop tune for jazz they just preserve the tune the way it is, and it doesn't work that much 
because the melody is not a match for jazz. Things just just don't work. That happens a lot with uh, jazz ensemble arrangers for high school bands. And I wanted to do something different. I wanted to manipulate the tune. I want people wanted people to still feel that the tune was there, but that was a recreation. That was something different. So it gets very electronic. It's instrumental, and we have lots of changes in the form, especially the introduction. The introduction is very epic, and it's it's not the way I how Nirvana played. At all. It's not better or worse. It's, it's just my take for it. The track you are hearing is Ponta da Praia from Adolfo Mendonça's Brazilian Childhood, a track featuring a stellar contribution from Randy Brecker, one of the guest artists on the album. We'll resume our conversation with Mendonça in a moment, but first I wanted to remind you that if you love jazz and vinyl, you should check out Jazz Is Vinyl Club, a new series of vinyl compilations carefully curated by the Jazz Is editors and featuring some of the most exciting jazz artists from yesterday and today that we cover in the print version of Jazz Is, jazzis.com and these Jazz Is podcasts. Go to jazzis.com and click on Join Vinyl Club. And now... Back to our conversation with Adolfo Mendonça. Of course, one of, one of the tracks that I wanted to ask you, and you did mention it, and I thank you again for talking about it because you talked about its backstory a little bit, but Punta da Praia is, a, is one of the highlights of the album. And I also wanted to mention it because it's got a, a contribution by... Randy Brecker, uh, and I wanted to just ask you what that collaboration was like and take the opportunity to also ask you about the other significant artists and people who helped you bring Brazilian childhood to life. Okay, the collaboration from Randy, I will, I will tell this story about that. and It's a funny story. I was looking for a guest artist to participate in my album. I contacted uh, a few guys there was one very famous Caribbean uh, trumpet player who was insanely expensive. And the other three that I took under consideration were uh, Frank Gambali. Yes, it was supposed to be a guitar there. And Robin Ford and also Randy. So I, I, I was not able to get an agreement with Randy in the beginning. And I was talking to, to Frank Gambali and he loved the track. He wanted to record it and he was very ready to start. Then suddenly I got an email from Randy saying that he has just recorded it. I was like, what? <laughs> he, he, he just said no in the beginning, but then he started and he finished it. I think he liked the tune. He said that a few times that he really liked the tune and it seems like the, the recording process was really quick. Uh, he told me that he he got it right in the first attempt. Randy recorded that in New York. 
we had recorded all the the comping in Florida and we sent it without the melody to Randy and, and he did it. And I, I it seems like Randy has enjoyed the, the, the tune. He provided me with uh, a, a quote about where he, he talks about the tune. He said that the melody is lovely. I was very happy about that. We had some other participations in the album. Um, the rhythm section is Alejandro Arena and Mark Feynman. They are two musicians from Tampa Bay. We also had in the album Ona, Ona Quere. She is a singer from Spain. She sings Iowa Winter Sky and, and Dindi. This was all recorded in Florida. Uh, then for In Bloom, the guitar was played by uh, a Brazilian friend of mine, Luis, Luis Oliveira. Again, we, we sent the track with everything to Brazil and he just got the guitar done after that. And finally, for Brazilian childhood, it's, it's a lot of people. <laughs> it's a lot of people. So the story of the recording of this tune, I had recorded all of my Florida session and the album was not going to have this tune. The album didn't have a name at that point. And then later I came with that melody and composed the tune like in two or two or three hours at midnight, of course. And I, I, I said, I, I have to record this one. The, two, the, the album needs a, a longer tune. And I had to schedule a new recording session. I couldn't go to Florida anymore to record with Mark and Alejandro. I recorded with um, James Dreyer in Iowa, the drummer. And it was only the two of us. Like, no melody, no vocals, no bass. It was just the two of us. And we 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 got able to record that in one day. Then Alejandro Arenas got the recording and put the bass on in Florida. I invited Tammy Sheffer from New York. She's a, a Israeli singer. She put the vocals in New York. And Artur Garrido was uh, is an uh, African singer from Mozambique, but he was living in Portugal. So then we sent the track to Portugal to have his vocals. Then finally we had Jose Valentino who was also in Florida, and then the track was sent. So the track was being sent to every place in the world, several different uh, places, cities in the United States, continents, and everyone was recording their takes individually. It was, it was a nice thing, and I'm happy to say that uh, jazz journalist Scott Yenel told me that this, the Randy Brecker solo and the, the Jose Valentino solo Brazilian Childhood were absolutely outstanding and I have to agree they are they are fantastic musicians of course so although the album is called Brazilian Childhood there is an international element to it absolutely <laughs> I suppose. we have musicians from five different continents uh, recording the album so we have Artur Wonderful. Artur from Africa we have me and Luis from Brazil and, and also Alejandro Arena is, is from Colombia. So we have a few people from South America. 
We have North American musicians like uh, Mark Feynman, James Dreyer, and Jose Valentino. Uh, we have at least one Asian musician, that is Temi, Temi Sheffer, and we have one from Europe that is Ona Caire. The album was also mixed in Europe. It was mixed in Portugal. Brilliant. Going to step aside uh, from the album for a moment because I wanted to make sure to highlight another important aspect of your of your life, which is music education. Uh, you are the director of jazz at the University of Minnesota, Morris. And this may sound like a simple question, but it's something that I like to ask anybody who is, you know, uh, works within music education. And it's a very simple question. What do you feel is the role of a music educator and specifically of a jazz music educator in the year 2024? My opinion may contrast from many of my colleagues, but it is that we teach students to improvise. Like, there is no jazz without improvisation. I don't like very much the fact that in the United States there is jazz in high schools, but it's just to let the kids perform tunes, but they are not being taught how to play, how to improvise, how to articulate and displace rhythm in a tune according to the jazz tradition. There is nothing of that. It's, it's like teaching Western music. They just play it the way it is. So my vision for jazz music education is to teach people to improvise, to interpret tunes, to be able to analyze harmonies, to be able to compose their own tunes. And also, I think that jazz education cannot be only tradition because jazz has never only been tradition. Jazz is tradition and innovation. So we need to teach the tradition, but we also need to teach people how to move to the next step, to the next way of playing in jazz that can be their playing, their own sound. So I am very friendly to approach jazz with electronic instruments. This is, this is one of my things. And people need to find their own ways, but I do think that electronic instruments may be a very good contribution to jazz uh, nowadays and in the future. So it should be one of the components. But no matter what, we should be aiming for the next sound not only for what has been done in the past. And since you mentioned uh, innovation and technology, this is a hot topic right now across all of the art forms, the world at large. But seeing as we're talking about music, I'd love to maybe ask you and hear your thoughts. What are your thoughts on, uh, you know, the entrance of artificial intelligence, of AI in the world of music? I still didn't have the experience of working with uh, one of these newest AI resources for making music. But I can tell you that when I use DAWs to record music, when I use the digital workstation softwares like Pro Tools, Cakewalk, Logic, uh, for example, now because of the artificial, be, I'm, I would say because of technology becoming more intuitive, at some level, uh, you can, for example, master your album at home. 
even if you don't know to do it. Because there are softwares that will analyze the sound waves to tell you what is the ideal mastering setting for your tune, and it will do it automatically, and you don't need to know how to master. You just feel the sound, and it will do a, a little, some, some little changes, and that's all. And this is amazing. I haven't used that in my album, but I have done that to record music in the past. And I believe we may be starting to have resources like that, like the software suggesting the ideal equalization setting for you and the ideal compression level for you. And, and this is great because it took me a lot of years to understand how to use the effects processors. And there may be people who just want to create music that may not have the time and may not have the money to send it to a studio. So I think some aspects of that could be very useful for us to, to make music. Food for thought, for sure. And thank you for sharing your uh, your opinions on that. It's it's quite fascinating. Just to to wrap up our conversation, I wanted to ask you, seeing as this interview is being recorded relatively early in the new year, what's your uh, you know your touring live date schedule looking like for this year? And also, are there any new projects, maybe new ideas that you're working on that you could share with us? And just generally, what is the best way for our listeners to keep up with all the news? Okay. Uh, first of all, for listeners to keep up with all the news, there is my website, adolfomendonza.com. It is A-D-O-L-F-O-M, like Mary, E-N-D-O-N-C-A. I, I am very used to spell my name that way because... Every time I have to ask a refund for some incorrect charge on phone, I have to spell it. So, oh my goodness. <laughs> uh, I also have a YouTube channel where you can see the videos of Ponta da Praia and Brazilian childhood and live performances of other, other tunes. Uh, you can find that, those by my name on YouTube. Uh, there's an Instagram, it's my name. You will find it easy, easily. And there's also a Facebook page. So these, these are some of the resources, but I would say that the website and YouTube are probably the best ones. In April 12th, I play at the UMN Morris Jazz Festival with Remy LeBeouf, Dean Sorensen, and also James Suggs, Alejandro Arenas, Mark Feynman and Juliana Velasquez. Okay, you may be familiar with Remy. He is a multiple times nominated Grammy uh, artist and I'm very happy to play with him. And Dean Sorensen is one of the most published and most popular jazz educators in the United States. It's, it's also a very good opportunity. In April 13th, I will be in Minneapolis playing at Jazz Central Studios with Remy. Again, Alejandro and Mark. Then in May, we are not too sure about the dates. I will be playing in Chile at the Telonios Lugar de Jazz. It's, it's the most prestigious jazz club in, in Chile. 
I will be also teaching a lecture and playing at the Universidad de Chile, and there are more dates to be confirmed in Chile. So for for now, that's it, but there will be more soon, and you can follow that in my website. That's always a solid bet. But Adolfo, it's been uh, great chatting with you. Thank you very much for joining us. Absolutely. My pleasure, and thank you so much for featuring me here. enjoyed my conversation with Adolfo Mendoza and I remind you that his new album Brazilian Childhood is available now and if you love jazz and vinyl be sure to check out our Jazz Is Vinyl Club join the club and we will send you four premium limited edition color vinyl albums mailed directly to you just go to jazzis.com and click on join vinyl club for more and as music from Brazilian Childhood by Adolfo Mendonça plays us out, I encourage you to keep an eye out for more Jazz's podcasts, our print magazine, and other great content available to you on our regularly updated website, jazzes.com. And if you like what you see, you can always subscribe for more. Till the next time, this is Matt Macucci signing off. See you soon. <laughs>